Good afternoon and good morning to everyone. Thank you for joining today's webinar. I am Dang Marvelous Espita Casanova, Program Manager of Cleaner Asia, and I will be your host for today's webinar on innovative finance for cities and on air on climate and air quality actions, building capacity of cities on finance planning towards a more sustainable and healthy future. So we're happy to let you know that this webinar is also this month's special episode of Clean Air Asia's very own podcast, On Air, where we talk about all things on air quality and climate change. On Air is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other popular podcast platforms. We would like to recognize the support from the Ministry of Environment of Japan for the Integrated Program for Better Air Quality in Asia for making this session possible. So to help us frame the discussions, I would like to call on our first speaker to give us an overview of the Guidance Framework Chapter on Financing Air Quality Management. Mr. Christopher Godlove is a principal at Think Cities Consulting Group Chris is an accomplished urban sustainability professional who assists cities to develop municipal climate and sustainability strategies, concentrating mainly on municipal waste management, methane mitigation, energy efficiency, and sustainability communications. Cleaner Asia worked with Mr. Godlove as a key resource person in developing the guidance area and the corresponding training modules and solutions toolkit. The floor is yours, Chris. Thank you, Dang. Uh, one second, I share my presentation. Thank you for the introduction and uh, good morning, good afternoon. Uh, welcome to all of you. I'm very pleased to be part of the distinguished panel today. Thanks to Clean Air Asia for the invitation. As uh, Deng mentioned, um, I am consulting, uh, supporting cities' efforts to uh, achieve their climate and clean air goals, and was part of the development of this latest IBAQ framework document focused on finance. Um, I would like to, uh, I hope to provide a little bit of context for the discussion, so I'll try to be brief, and I have about six or seven slides here. Uh, just to give a little bit of context and talk a little bit about the, 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 the document, Guidance Framework 7 itself, focused on financing air quality management. The purpose here was really to focus on introducing uh, basic financial concepts. And actually, let me share my slide view one second here. Here we go. Uh, so the focus was really to uh, provide a reference for city decision makers and managers um, with some of the very basic concepts uh, related to air quality uh, management. Uh, this is not a highly theoretical document. It's really in response to what we understood to be the needs of city, city managers and decision makers. Uh, and, and really the, the focus was to drive uh, and, and support the process of engagement with the, with the many stakeholders that are required to be part of this, uh, this discussion. Whether it's uh, the municipal 
within a municipality across agencies, uh, whether it's with the private sector, uh, seeking to engage in procuring, procuring services or technologies, or whether it's with international financial partners, multilaterals, bilaterals, uh, providing access to resources to put in place these agendas, or uh, to support from a technical as assistance standpoint. I think it'd be important to start first by uh, talking about some of the costs. Uh, this, is, this is something I'm sure that many of our city partners do on a, on a daily basis, but whenever we talk about investment, it's important to also talk about why we're investing. Uh, we know that PM 2.5 has significant costs, uh, estimated at about 21 billion in 2015, and projected to rise uh, to 176 billion by 2060. Um, lot, in terms of lost productivity, we know again by 2060, this is estimated to be at 3.7 billion days annually. And in terms of mortality, we're talking on the range of 7 million deaths worldwide per year two-thirds of those uh, occurring in Asia. Why cities and why the discussion today? Well, this is um, obvious to many of you, but uh, certainly cities are the hubs of economic, financial, intellectual, and cultural activity. Um, cities are centers of manufacturing and industry and commerce. Uh, cities, while contributing significantly to society, are also responsible for uh, many of the environmental impacts and climate impacts, which we're, we're well, well aware of. Um, cities are taking important action in terms of AQM. We see this in the rollout of BRT systems, uh, implementation in renewable energy systems, energy efficiency. Um, at the same time, cities have significant uh, authority over large sectors of the economy in terms of the municipal services that they oversee. Uh, this, it, this translates into uh, the employment of many people in cities and the uh, procurement of goods and services. At the same time, they're competing demands for limited resources. So traditionally, cities have relied on budgetary transfers from central governments to cover services this is kind of on the downward trend, as we, as we know. Um, at the same, same time, cities have experienced rapid rates of urbanization, which has outpaced uh, the ability of cities to keep pace in terms of their service provision. This is translated into the need to seek out additional resources for financing and supporting those services, often recourse to outside, outside partners. I'm going to go now through about the kind of the four underpinning objectives um, around which the, the, the guidance framework is built. And I'll start by talking about the first objective, which, which is um, what I what we see is kind of the foundational aspect upon which all AQM is built. Um, here we talk about mobilizing resources <clears throat> for clean air action planning. This relates to uh, emissions monitoring, uh, inventory development health impact assessments, communications, and certainly inputs for around which the clean air action planning process is, is developed. Uh, this requires predictable long-term budgeting certainty and as the foundation for all other actions. Um, so a very important element 
to, to, for cities to start with as, as they begin this discussion of finance. Objective two relates to the mainstreaming of AQM financing within, uh, within city services generally. Uh, and here, what we're talking about is how within the, the city services that cities are already providing, cities themselves can take action within their own operations to ensure better AQM outcomes. Um, this, as we know, cities invest in a range of infrastructure uh, linked with a variety of um, uh, sectors. Uh, municipalities globally have devised mechanisms to recover costs of operating these services. Certainly, they're in, in uh, not recovering um, all of their costs in, in, in all cases, but certainly there are revenue streams that exist. Um, and at the same time, many of these revenue streams are linked to sectors that impact air quality, whether that's in the area of building stock, transport, waste management, water or, or energy supply. Drilling down on this idea a little bit more here, we've listed out uh, the, some of the municipal service sectors specific to cities and the possible AQM interventions. Uh, here we see examples coming from the, the building sector where energy efficiency and water conservation could be considered interventions in the area of public space, car-free streets, community gardens, or in the area of construction oversight, dust control and construction and demolition waste management. Moving on to objective three, we talk about the establishment of financing uh, mechanisms and instruments to support AQM. Uh, and here we're looking specifically at the sources of revenue that come from AQM related activities, uh, vehicle inspection fees, source test emission fees, civil settlements related to environmental claims. These are all existing sources of revenue, which cities in many cases are already implementing, but it, it's worth um, taking a second look at how these revenue streams are being used to ensure that they're actually supporting AQM goals. And the final and fourth objective uh, is a discussion about the mobilization of resources for implementing clean air action planning measures. This is where things begin to scale up, where we talk about more significant and complex uh, capital and operating investment needs. Uh, this, this is an area where we're going to also be looking at how cities can leverage other objectives related to climate uh, and transport. Um, and at the same time, as I mentioned, these are, these are more complex investments presenting more uh, options in terms of how these, these investment needs are met. Uh, here, providing a very broad overview of the, the types of um, finance that can, can be brought to bear in, the, in, this, in this area, own source revenues we've talked about, debt and equity requiring participation of external partners, uh, transfers, or alternative sources, things like climate bonds, green bonds, um, results-based financing, and others. Uh, here, uh, as I've as I've mentioned in previous slides, there uh, there is some complexity in how these uh, the, the relationships around finance. This uh, visual is simply an attempt to illustrate uh, the different forces and interactions at play. 
Uh, on the left, we see the city services and the, the investments associated with AQM. On the right, we'll see the incoming sources of revenue, whether it's a national budget, existing economic instruments controlled by cities or external sources. Um, here, we're simply attempting to illustrate the different forces uh, at play and to encourage a discussion within cities about how to maximize uh, the impact of these, these converging uh, elements. Uh, again, as, as these investments become more complex, it's important to focus on uh, sound project preparation. Uh, the, the discussion, uh, initial discussions around projects should really focus on strong project identification and a strong development process that are linked to CAP objectives. Uh, important to continue dialogue with stakeholders, important to anticipate complexity in legal and regulatory areas, which can sometimes be the downfall of these projects, and also important to identify champions that can help us uh, support the process throughout, whether those be internal within the city administration or external uh, through engagement with civil society. And finally, one mention of uh, 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 an approach which has been applied widely within the climate finance area, but which also readily applies to AQM is that of finance readiness. And here, what we're looking at is basically six elements um, that are important to have in, in the forefront of the, the entire AQM financing process. And those include political, regulatory, and legal, uh, a reliance on, on sound and predictable revenue streams, good financial modeling, and a strong and transparent bidding process. And a few takeaways um, from this discussion, my last slide, uh, really what we're talking about when we, when we have this discussion around AQM finance uh, is a, a, a strong reliance on personnel and financial resources. Um, it's also important to remember that government is really the starting place of this discussion. It's government's role to regulate and enforce regulations and upon that foundation, we can build uh, a, strong, a strong foundation for financing these uh, initiatives. Um, it's important to have the political commitment. It's important uh, when it comes to engaging with financial partners to demonstrate that political commitment. Uh, and AQM is, is certainly rooted within a strong budgetary process that puts AQM at the forefront. And with that, I'll turn it back to Dang and our next speaker. And thank you very much. Thank you so much, Chris. And indeed, so when we developed the guidance framework back in 2016, um, it is really our intention as well to provide a specific guidance on financing to really operationalize the cleaner action plans and the solutions that we have been um, capacitating cities and governments with in the past seven years now with the IBQ program. So now that we are equipped with a framework that would guide us in building capacity for finance planning, let's bring in our esteemed panelists panelists to share priorities, needs, and opportunities for innovative finance for air quality and climate solutions in the region. But before I hand over the floor to our moderator, may I ask our all our panelists to turn on their, their cameras for a quick photo, which my colleagues from Cleaner Asia will also help me take. 
So I can see everyone. <clears throat> and thank you. So three, two, one. Thank you. Thank you for that. And now to moderate the session, I would like to call on Mr. Bjarne Peterson, our Executive Director at Clear Asia. Bjarne has a broad international experience, particularly um, in environmental issues and sustainable development, and has a proven track record in um, strategic uh, leadership, resource mobilization, and team building at all levels. So he has taken indeed cleaner Asia through continuous growth, both regionally as well as in China and India throughout the years. So may I call on Bjarne, the floor is yours. Thank you, Darren. And good afternoon, everybody. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure for me moderating uh, today's discussion. Uh, the topic is, is one that is very close to my heart. Uh, often we see uh, financing for air quality management as one of the major stumbling blocks uh, for implementation of real emissions reductions. I'm very pleased to have a highly regarded and distinguished panel uh, with us today. Um, we've got political leaders, decision makers, experts, and development partners. Allow me a minute or two to introduce the panel. Um, I have Ms. Sung Hong Chris Moon, an urban development specialist from the Asian Development Bank. We can, of course, not talk foreign finance without the ADB. Chris is part of the urban sector group in the sustainable development and climate change department of ADB. And she leads an initiative entitled Integrated and Innovative Solutions for More Livable Cities, which is a flagship program uh, within uh, ADB. We're also joined by Ms. Pamela Kakakungan, uh, Manager, Low Emission Development Pathways of ICLE, Local Governments for Sustainability <coughs> in Southeast Asia. Pamela, Pamela, oversees program management and building relationships with members, network cities, and other organizations in pursuit of joint and concerted climate action and urban sustainability. She worked with local governments, establishing city-level greenhouse gas emissions inventories, formulating local climate action plans, and climate data reporting. I'm also very pleased uh, to have our distinguished panelist from Quezon City, Mayor Maria Josefina Joy Belmonte uh, from Quezon City in the Philippines. Mayor Joy is currently serving as the 11th mayor of Quezon City and her vision uh, for her city is to make Quezon City a livable, green and sustainable city for her constituents. To ensure that Quezon City achieves uh, its commitment to meet the WHO air quality guidelines by 2030, she championed the development of the roadmap for Quezon City's air quality management plan, which outlines the key steps in developing the city's air quality management system. And finally, uh, but certainly not least, we have Dr. Bima Aria Sugiato, uh, mayor of Bogor City in Indonesia. The mayor, one of the youngest mayor of Bogor City, has championed the development of Bogor's Clean Air Action Plan uh, with support from Clean Air Age back in 2018 and continues to lead efforts to mainstream air quality and climate indicators into Bogor City's uh, development planning. 
Um, the mayor has also created the Bogor Green Room to monitor the city's energy use and pollution. And uh, as Mayor Joy, uh, he prioritizes the creation of a healthy, prosperous and family-friendly Bogor city. As a start our panel, Chris, who has just been talking and doing a presentation, is also available to respond to Q&A. But let me first turn to, to open the panel um, and let me turn first to Chris uh, from ADB. Chris, um, city representatives in the region would be keen to hear about ADB strategies and programs that support air quality and climate actions and how these bring added elements to the overall urban development objectives. Could you share a little bit of your insight uh, on your technical assistance programs, such as, for example, the integrated and innovative solutions for more livable cities um, that you're involved in. Also, I would very much look forward to your insights uh, in how cities can capitalize on multi-stakeholder cooperation, as mentioned by Chris, as a foundation for mid and long-term investment for better air quality. Chris, please go ahead. Thank you, Bajorna. Um, hi, everyone. This is Chris Moon. Uh, I'm very honored to be here uh, from ADB. And I have been asked to talk a little bit about ADB's projects and programs, and in particular, uh, the, uh, the, some of the TAs um, that, that point to this direction. Now, uh, first off, I would like to answer the question in terms of ADB's programs and pro projects that, uh, that are um, uh, that, that are undergoing. Now, uh, you'll probably know that there has been a lot of ADB projects that might not have air quality at the front. So any kind of many transport projects, energy projects, pro projects in solid waste management, even waste, uh, waste um, uh, wastewater projects. Now, those do actually contribute to uh, air quality issues. Now, there has been recently, there has been more demand coming from our DMCs, development member, developing member countries, sorry, uh, on air quality and air quality as a problem, a livability issue that faces uh, our DMCs. So we are um, developing more uh, more strategies and more strides towards uh, alleviating this problem. You'll see that in general, uh, ADB has two, gen generally two um, instruments that we utilize. First is technical assistance programs, uh, which we call TAs. Uh, these are grant projects uh, that it's, it's more of knowledge, knowledge and technical advisory projects, um, more or less analytical um, studies. Uh, and we do, of course, have uh, projects, loan projects uh, that we work on. We do have policy-based loans, result-based loans, financial intermediary loans, as well as other project loan projects. Uh, so you'll see on this, on this uh, you'll see a photo. This photo is taken from uh, Bishkek, 
uh, in Kyrgyz Republic, one of um, one of our many cities who are experiencing air quality or air pollution problems. Now, um, but you know, we did also have some projects with air quality as at the forefront, including the one in Beijing Tianjin have a air quality improvement project, which was a two, which actually still is a $2.5 billion project. Now, um, uh, as Chris had mentioned, this, I mean, uh, this, these projects just don't go just on doing any kind of just a vertical sector-based projects to alleviate the issues, but we do start with uh, the policy uh, apparatus and any kind of legislative uh, regulatory frameworks that are necessary for us to enable uh, more uh, impactful and sustainable um, uh, sustainable uh, projects. So, you know, these actually do inform reforming policy and strict strengthening regulatory capacity, uh, better access to finance, especially for small and medium-sized enterprises, helping remove barriers to deploy high technologies that could reduce emissions uh, for air pollution, such as from industries, urban infrastructures, and agriculture. Those are some of the components of this um, BTH air quality improvement program. Uh, same thing with Olambatar air quality quality improvement program, which is uh, 291 USD million dollars. Now this uh, this is a policy based loan, and it had three co three components, including improving air air pollution policy. I'm sorry, air pollution control regulatory framework, implementing measures on air pollution reduction and health production protection, as well as developing environmentally sound and integrated urban and energy plans. Now we do have other projects going on in Pakistan as well as uh, Amati and Bishkek that points to like EV goals um, and the BRT, uh, you know, uh, bus rapid transits, other energy projects and hydropower projects and other urban in, uh, improvement projects that points to uh, contributing to uh, reducing air quality, air pollution in these cities. Now, how do how does all of these actually in, um, contribute to the urban development objectives? Especially in ADB, we do have uh, operational priorities under our strategy 2030. Uh, we have OPs one through one through seven, and operational priority number four actually points to making cities more livable. That's really keen to where I I work in terms of the urban sector growth, and this will in all in all, it will contribute to making cities more livable for the urban dwellers who are there because air quality. We all know that air pollution has. Uh, uh, quite a significant uh, impact on the health of our uh, urban dwellers. Um, can we take it to the next slide, please? Uh, I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about how ADB's in of what an ADB's integrator approaches entail. Um, now, based on um, the second question, which was how does what what we do in terms of the integrated innovative solutions for more livable cities. Now this this integrated approach is not a sector based approach, but really more of an in, 
integrated approach based on a defined livability issues of the cities. Uh, so defining livability issues and needs assessment and through the analysis, we come up with recommendations for the short to long-term, long-term meaning about 10 years, inclusive of roadmap and investment plan for the city where ADB can partake, of course. Now, this is a problem-solution approach based on the defined livability issues, as well as evidence-based approach with insights into, into the city, so understanding the cities. And based on this evidence-based understanding, we do uh, shape demand in a cohesive manner that is shaping the demand of our governments as well, as well as other stakeholders. And we do focus on what is doable rather than a grand plan per se. So you'll see on the bottom uh, that uh, this process takes us to uh, step one of diagnosis, step two of identifying and prioritizing, and uh, step three of short to long-term action and investment plans. And you'll see that there were two TAs that I've, um, I've um, listed on the first page, which uh, one is integrated and innovative solutions that I take in charge. And we are doing this uh, a clean air action plan in Almaty, Kazakhstan and Bishkek, Kyrgyz Republic, with an understanding that there is a livability issue of bad air quality hurts people's health and well-being. Of course, we do have other projects and other TAs, including the one strengthening knowledge and action for air quality improvement. And this, it really takes the same approach as the, uh, as the, uh, the other TA, but it has more um, in terms of the location, Bangladesh, Mongolia, Pakistan, Philippines, and Vietnam. So this is kind of, this is the integrated approach that ADB is taking to address the question of um, the question of um, air quality air quality improvement in our DMCs. Now, uh, very quickly, I think I'm almost running out of the time. So, yeah, uh, in terms of what we can do to uh, multi multi stakeholder cooperation as foundation for mid to long term investment. Now, I think we all understand that we can't do this alone, like we meaning whether that be ADB, government, civil society, or what have you. There needs to be a concerted effort for this approach, and concerted effort comes with different levels of, uh, different levels of uh, role uh, in, from different, uh, different stakeholders, governments from policy and regulatory frameworks. We have private sectors that provides more efficient technology solutions, financial institutions to support investment like us and others, and civil society to work with people for awareness and advocating for the cause on behalf of the country and uh, the UN and other development agencies for convening power. I think there needs to be a shared understanding and goal for all of the stakeholders for us to have recognized that air quality, air pollution is a problem and it is a solution that we need to come uh, in full force with through concerted efforts. So I'll stop here um, and back to you, Jorne. Thank you, Chris. Um, fascinating stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm constantly amazed by, by ADB's approach um, to on your concerted efforts in, in focusing on livable cities and an integrated approach and stakeholder involvement as foundation. Um, it is really an inspiring approach I see in from ADB in this area. Um, let's move on to my next panelist, uh, Pamela from ICLEI. Uh, so we're moving down to city level now. 
Um, Pamela, could you talk a little bit about approaches of making financing mechanisms available to support air quality and climate work of cities? Uh, and and ICLE, could you or ICLE's programs? Could you specifically share information about your transformative action program uh, that I know support local and regional governments to um, transform concepts into projects ready for financing and implementation, which is very often where the key challenges. Pamela, over to you. Yes, uh, thank you very much for the uh, for those questions and hello everyone. Thank you to uh, Clean Air Asia for having ICLE in this panel. So uh, to answer those uh, questions, I'd like to start by citing this report by CDP, which I also encourage everyone to read to get an insight on the climate data and initiatives reported by cities themselves to the CDP ICLE uh, Unified Reporting System. So according to this uh, report, cities identified over 1,000 climate projects seeking finance worth up to 72 billion US dollars. And the most commonly reported actions being pursued by cities include energy efficiency measures, uh, renewable energy generation, green spaces expansion, and active mobility infrastructure, which all have uh, urban air quality improvement co-benefits. And to cite an example, a TAP application by the functional territorial region led by Topaga in Colombia and seven other local governments on integrated measures to fight climate change. One of the measures they introduced was the implementation of about 1,600 eco-stoves uh, to reduce uh, greenhouse gases associated with wood burning um, for cooking purposes. So burning of wood or charcoal for cooking can expose the users uh, to health risks such as uh, increased uh, carboxyhemoglobin in their blood that can go beyond the threshold for the World Health Organization guidelines. And uh, this can also mean incremental life cancer risks. So uh, the intervention can reduce such health risks while also contributing to efforts of, of reducing by up to 60,000 tons of carbon dioxide equivalent annually. So such projects are also being implemented in Southeast Asia uh, where we work with cities uh, such as in Hanoi as they identified this as also one of their measures to address air pollution in their city. So um, for this experience uh, from that city and also in Hanoi, this shows the strong linkages of climate action, air quality improvement, and delivery of basic services such as that of uh, public health, which all falls under uh, the mandate of uh, most local governments. And such approaches and nexus of air pollution, public health services, transport, and urban planning with climate change at the core uh, can also be observed in the TAP applications of cities in Southeast Asia, such as in Indonesia, Vietnam, and Laos. And in our experience with COVID-19 right now, for example, uh, we saw the increased interest of uh, local governments to pursue projects on um, uh, inclusive mobility and uh, air quality in cities by improving uh, by pursuing projects such as improved uh, pedestrian and cycling policies and infrastructure. And for example, last year uh, during the Daring Cities uh, Conference, uh, Hoi An City uh, in Vietnam was among the cities that pitched their projects. So the local government uh, supported a project concept by uh, their partner local NGO 
um, to uh, propose a project that transformed their city into a bicycle-friendly urban space. So this concept uh, sought to improve the city's uh, the safety of cyclists and encourage the citizens to veer away from using private cars and motorbikes, which are all congesting city roads and the worsening uh, air pollution. And the city has estimated uh, the total project for this concept to be at around 1.2 million euros, and they determined that only a portion of it can be um, shouldered by the local government. So that is why they applied to TAP and seek uh, potential uh, partners that can uh, support them through uh, grant opportunities. And uh, beyond that, uh, beyond that uh, cost of this, they are also try, uh, eyeing to attract investment of a private company on bicycle sharing schemes to expand this project um, by deploying more units uh, for their users and ensure longevity of uh, such a uh, project. So in the process of preparing these applications, uh, the common challenges experienced by uh, Southeast Asian cities we work with uh, would include the lack of adequate data to support project structuring and measurement of impact, such as in terms of greenhouse gas emissions reduction potential. And another challenge is the aligning of national policies uh, and local priorities uh, to increase the access to funding options. And this is because in some cases, um, existing regulations in some countries do not permit local governments to directly access finance uh, unless these are endorsed by the national governments. And endorsement is guaranteed if such a project is um, included in the pipeline of the national government itself. And finally, another challenge is in defining the proper financing models to support their projects. So uh, this is where we at ICLE uh, hopes to help um, the cities by offering tools uh, that we in such as in establishing data, uh, for example, in greenhouse gas emissions data and the climate finance uh, decision making tree tool, which helps cities navigate through different concepts on what uh, they can uh, start with. Uh, to uh, partner with different uh, stakeholders to increase the resources they need. And another uh, opportunity that we try to offer is by linking them to institutions within the TAP network. So I've been talking about TAP now. So TAP is uh, called the Transformative Actions Program, which is an initiative by ICLE uh, established to uh, enable local governments uh, to access finance to uh, scale up their local climate action. So TAP gathers um, subnational and demand-driven uh, projects for climate action. It provides tailored services uh, to local governments to guide the project uh, development, to achieve maturity, and be finance ready. And it is also used as an advocacy instrument by showcasing a portfolio of projects uh, seeking finance that are determined by the local governments themselves uh, based on their uh, perceived needs. So currently, the TAP uh, project pipeline includes more than 60 uh, projects amounting to 2.6 uh, billion euros and 12% of this in the pipeline are from Asia. And we hope that uh, by learning from uh, this uh, uh, guideline that was produced by Clean Air Asia, we can partner with the cities to also in uh, increase uh, representation in the region. So if you could uh, click on the next slide, please. 
Um, for those who are interested in uh, partnering with us and exploring what TAP is all about, cities are and their lo uh, partner local governments can just uh, visit uh, the website as you can see on the screen, uh, and then uh, you will be asked to fill out a form. And even at the step one at the early stage, wherein uh, cities are encouraged to provide submit their applications, they are already given feedback and recommendations on how they can uh, improve the structure of their proposals uh, towards uh, uh, bankability or uh, to potentially attract investors. So yeah, uh, what's in it for local governments? Um, they can gain access to different knowledge products, webinars, and uh, knowledge exchange opportunities that will enable them to continuously improve uh, their proposals towards uh, bankability. So the TAP uh, program, the TAP cycle is currently open and we're encouraging local governments to visit and try it out. Um, applications are uh, going to be received until November 30th and feel free to reach uh, to us if you require further assistance. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you indeed, Pamela. I I welcome very much the way that the approach that ECLA have um, and thank you for your presentation. I agree very much on your challenges around establishing data, establishing the finance models and governance structures sometimes being uh, more than a barrier than a promoter. Um, also, thank you, Pamela, for your, for your very concrete proposal and offer to cities about joining the, the, the TAP initiative. Um, moving, we talked about governance uh, and the importance of political will. And in Quezon City, there is definitely not a lack of political will. Um, through the leadership uh, of Mayor Joy. I'm very pleased to introduce uh, Mayor Joy. Um, and Mayor, through a partnership with, um, with Clean Air Asia and C40, we have developed uh, the roadmap for air quality management plan development. You'll start action planning in 2021. Mm -hmm. How do you envision uh, an integrated uh, planning process for air quality and climate change, resulting in the co-benefits of reduced air pollution, greenhouse gas emissions reduction and improved health? And if I may, uh, what are the ways forward and anticipated needs of Quezon City in finance planning for its air quality and climate activities? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Pedersen. I'll try my best to answer your questions in my presentation. Uh, first, I'd like to greet everyone a good day. And I'd also like to thank Clean Air, Air Asia for giving us this opportunity to share Kesson City's Clean Air initiatives. It is all, always my pleasure to present the plans and ambitions of our city as we build a livable, green, sustainable, and climate resilient future. As we plan ahead, we cannot take for granted the lessons and experiences from this ongoing pandemic. It has been a challenge given that we are the biggest city in Metro Manila. On the other hand, this is, a, this is an opportunity to pursue a better normal by pushing for behavioral change while considering the co-benefits and synergies in public health and environmental sustainability and aggressive climate action. For the past two years, Quezon City has set a clear message and that is its firm commitment to a cleaner and greener city. 
we signed the C40 Clean Air Cities Declaration in 2019 to establish an air quality monitoring network, devise a monitoring and information system, and develop an air quality management plan. The city also joined the Brief Life campaign led by the World Health Organization, the United Nations Environment Program, and the Climate and Clean Air Coalition as part of its commitment to comply with the ambient air quality guidelines values by 2030. To attain our goals, we received technical assistance from the C40 Cities Climate Leadership Group with the help of Clean Air Asia. Last, January, uh, last June 4, 2021, we officially received eight air quality sensors and the roadmap for the city's air quality management plan. The sensors are part of the Quezon City Baseline Air Quality Study, a technical assistance study with generous funding from the Clean Air Fund. This involves the deployment of low-cost air quality sensors in strategic locations to create an estimate of current baseline air pollution characteristics. To complement this, we will procure 12 additional sensors and reference level air quality monitoring equipment. The roadmap, on the other hand, will serve as reference for the development of our air quality management plan. Our clean air initiatives are incorporated in the city's enhanced local climate change action plan 2021 to 2050. This affirms the city's commitment to a sustainable urban future that is compatible with the objectives of the Paris Agreement, the Sustainable Development Goals, and the green and just recovery in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. It sets out a strategic framework to build climate resilience pursue carbon neutrality, advance green economic development, and provide a livable and quality community for all. By championing climate leadership, we aspire to become the leading city in advancing inclusive, ambitious, evidence-based, and transformative climate actions in the Philippines. One of our strategies is to put nature in our arsenal to respond to climate change and ensure the environmental sustainability. Our green space network development and biodiversity management actions will use these natural assets. Community and neighborhood open spaces will be transformed into green corridor networks as a nature-based solution to reduce heat, drought, and reduce air pollution. We have recently opened a 5.39-kilometer pedestrian corridor that links major roads, transport hubs, and commercial districts, allowing interconnectivity, promoting active mobility, and encouraging people to walk and enjoy adjacent pocket parks developed from idle lots. This will further be expanded as we continue to develop open and green spaces to cover more areas since we are also a signatory to the C40 Urban Nature Declaration, wherein by 2030, 30 to 40% of our built up city surface area must be green and with permeable surfaces through parks, gardens, green walls, green roofs, and regenerative urban agriculture, among others. Currently, we already have 166 urban farms with partnerships from various sectors. More local policies will be developed to support and institutionalize mechanisms for urban agriculture as part of our livelihood, employment, and educational programs. We will also develop an urban biodiversity sustainability action plan for biodiversity management. In terms of promoting active transport, 
we will be completing a cumulative total of 350 kilometers of bicycle lanes, along with the pedestrianization of growth centers to maximize the co-benefits of active mobility. We recently counted those using alternative modes of transport in 16 major thoroughfares. And during the 12-day observation, we have tallied a daily average of 28,731 cyclists, 603 using bicycles with sidecars, 438 using e-scooters, and 417 using e-bikes. The infrastructure that we will build must be able to accommodate the growing number of people using these alternative modes. We will also procure electric motorcycles and jeepneys for our operations to test performance for the planned greening of our vehicle fleet. Another project being developed is the bus rapid transit system, utilizing electric buses for sustainable mass transport to help ease traffic congestion. We also distributed around 300 e-tricycles donated by the Department of Energy to drivers and operators in various communities. We have collaborated with our local electric company to install smart charging stations, which include coin-operated charging pods utilizing solar panels that can simultaneously accommodate e-tricycles. With these efforts, we are taking the lead in the promotion of sustainable transport. Moving forward, we will expand the spatial scope of our air quality monitoring network to about 40 instruments in consideration of the city's land area. An emissions inventory will be conducted to estimate and map pollutants and sources and identify sector-targeted interventions. We will also formulate our air quality communication strategy to gain support from different stakeholders in the implementation of measures. All of these are integral components of the city's air quality management plan. Building the technical capacities of our personnel is also critical to operationalize the plan. We just recently created the Climate Change and Environmental Sustainability Department in our city, which will handle our climate and clean air initiatives, among other tasks. Our actions require technical capacity building, introduction of technologies and equipment, as well as the establishment of necessary infrastructure. Sufficient funding is needed so as not to impede the progress that we have achieved so far. Clear sources of financing are essential, and given the complexities of these actions, a range of financial streams that can activate, operational, and sustain them must be identified. Among the sources of funding, we have determined, aside from funding for city government funds, our national government funding, public-private partnerships, technical assistance, donors, and fees for environmental services and penalties for violations of essential ordinances. However, to access and maximize this funding, we must enhance our capacity on finance planning and proposal preparation. We recognize that these actions require significant financial investments and appropriate studies and analysis are critical to ensure that there will be no malinvestments on the part of the city government. Strong collaboration with local stakeholders and international support will also provide the much needed resources and opportunities to clean our air and uplift the lives of our citizens. We are thankful for the support of our partners such as C40, Clean Air Asia, and ECLAY for providing guidance and equipping us with knowledge and capacity to undertake these challenges. So I think I'll end with that and thank you very much for the time you have allocated to the city um, of Quezon. God bless everyone.
Thank you, Mayor Joy. And um, you made it really, really clear um, what, how much governments and governance and, and your inspiring leadership is important in taking a city forward. Uh, and I am impressed with, with what Quezon City is doing, and I will consider moving there. Um, <laughs> but congratulations with the progress you've made. The path you're putting forward seems uh, well laid out, and we at Clean Erasure will uh, do the very much we can do to help. And I noted also an important message at the very end, which is about actually needing to invest in resources to get to the place where we can start financing. Um, I'm turning to my next panelist and final uh, panelist. Um, we're turning to Indonesia and I am turning to uh, Mayor Araya. Um, welcome. And Mayor, um, could you try and, and, and share your experience in, in clean air action planning uh, from Pogo um, and, and maybe the synergies between developed planning and, and cleaner action planning. Um, and given that we, we worked in, with you in 2018 on, on cleaner action planning, could you share the anticipated needs of Bogos City, especially on developing uh, financing planning and um, what structures and stakeholder needs uh, do you have uh, to support the implementation of the cleaner action plan? Well, uh, thank you. Thank you for the uh, opportunity to share what we have been doing for uh, the last few years. I've been in office for seven years. This is actually my second term as the mayor. Um, there have been some of uh, city's major initiatives in uh, the transitions towards low emission development and climate resilience. First, a clump, a clump <clears throat> first is accomplishing climate risk and vulnerability assessment for 2021 until 2050, along with the greenhouse gas inventory for 2015 and 2018 that are supported under urban low emission development strategies phase two or urban led uh, two project. Second, we are allocating 7.3% of our 2019 local budget to support climate change mitigations yeah. and adaptation actions, which will further be increased in the next fiscal year. We know that uh, it is really challenging to uh, convince our counterparts, to convince the local parliament to approve this budget. So mainstreaming the uh, climate action is one of our main agenda. The third is issuing 24 local regulation along with 27 mayor regulations. We believe that having a strong uh, regulations is really uh, necessary for us in implementing climate change actions. Fourth is actually collaborating with development partners at national and also uh, regional level. 
academia, private sectors, local and also international NGO, including ICLEI Local Government for Sustainability, Clean Air Asia, AFD, IUAS Plus, GIZ SUTIP, and this will actually also help maintain and widen the city's network in the future. For the last seven years, the city of Bogor has been actively participate in numbers of uh, conferences, as well as uh, uh, international forum for uh, environmental sustainability and climate uh, change issue. Fifth is actually directing climate change mitigations and adaptation actions toward four dimensions, energy preservation, land use optimization, waste management, and also health improvement. Six, initiative on energy preservation. For example, we have been implementing uh, the effort in making green city transportation. We are uh, implementing rerouting city transportation, increasing uh, not only uh, the quantity of pedestrian paths, but also the quality of, of it. So uh, every uh, important uh, places in, in the city central are really connected uh, through the pedestrian path. Uh, it is actually uh, implementing uh, today and we are aiming for uh, completing this uh, stage for the next uh, three years. And also we are building bicycle lanes, uh, promoting energy efficiency in public commercial and residential buildings. Uh, we are now converting the, our uh, small green uh, minivan, or we call it Angkot, to the small buses. And we are moving to uh, the bus which use uh, electricity. And currently we have completed the uh, feasibility studies for uh, tramway project. Uh, it will be the first in our country, uh, eight uh, kilometers tramway uh, connected very series in the heart of the city of Bogor. And seven, we are increasing green open spaces through urban farming, sustainable agriculture, distribution of space functions, thematic village, planting trees on critical lands, and contraction of retention ponds and absorption wells are the initiative for land use optimization. Eighth is actually waste management initiatives. West Bank, temporary landfill equipped with 3R concept, wastewater management, communal septic tank facilities, community-based waste management. And uh, since two years ago, we have been implementing uh, the regulation for banning uh, the plastic bags, plastic bag use uh, in the uh, mini market throughout the city. We call it Bogor uh, Plastic Program. We are enforcing law enforcement in the waste sector and naturalizations of our rivers. Ninth, construction of hazardous and toxic materials of wastewater management, prevention and eradication of dengue disease prevention and control of infectious disease, application of smoke-free areas, and environmental health improvement are initiative for health improvement. 
Bogor is actually uh, leading the coalition of uh, mayor in Asia Pacific in uh, strengthening our commitment for tobacco control in, in the region. And the city of Bogor has three identities. First, Bogor as a green city, second, Bogor as smart city, and third, Bogor as heritage city, which are actually in line with the city's vision towards a healthy, smart, and prosperous city. To support this vision, as a mayor, I already signed uh, three initiatives of Bogor. Uh, we, uh, we do the partnership with some of Indonesian cities. We are uh, enhancing our networking with other cities in Indonesia, including the city of Banda Aceh, the city of Balikpapan, the city of Bontang, the city of Kupang, the city of Makassar, the city of Manado, the city of Padang, the city of Pekalongan, the city of Tangerang, and the city of South Tangerang. Uh, we are really serious in uh, campaigning uh, or mainstreaming the uh, climate change issue, uh, spreading uh, to other cities in Indonesia. And through these declarations, these uh, 11 cities committed to realize, to uh, implement the low emission development, minimize negative impact of development to the environment and the society, and reduce the greenhouse gas emissions. The city of Bogor has also implemented several policies uh, toward low emission development and climate resilience. One of uh, the most impactful policies is, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the single-use plastic ban through Bogor mayor regulations in 2018. Uh, the policy proved to be very significant in influencing the lifestyle of uh, Bogor city citizens towards a clean environmental movement. The policy has also helped significantly in reducing 41 tons of plastic uh, per month based on the data reported by the environmental agency. Among the current initiatives being prioritized by the mayor include the development of public open spaces and city to achieve the 20% coverage target as stated in a special planning year 2011 until 2031. Construction of pedestrian facilities, sidewalks, and bike lanes in order to eliminate one point of congestion, encourage walking, cycling, and use of public transport. We are really aware that the pandemic has actually uh, uh, creating a, a new uh, lifestyle trend among the citizens. Uh, the tendency of you know, outdoor activities, having uh, outdoor uh, sports such as uh, bicycle and also uh, jogging uh, is really becoming a lifestyle not only in the city of Bogor, but also uh, other cities in uh, Indonesia as well. Uh, I think uh, that would be my presentation. Uh, thank you very much. Mayor, um, thank you very much. I, it's, it's, um, it was a pleasure to hear your, your presentation um, and, and impressive to see uh, your progress in, in Bogor city. Uh, but equally as impression, impressive is you taking on the leadership 
uh, among other cities in Indonesia, uh, not only to create a, a livable city uh, for your constituents in Bogor, but also having the wider perspective across uh, Indonesia. It has been a, a fascinating panel. We, we are running slightly short of time. Uh, I want, before I hand over to Dang, I just want to thank all the panelists. Uh, Dang, I don't know if we might have time for one or two questions uh, in the box. Um, if, if some of the key messages uh, I've heard from the, from the panelists was, first of all, an integrated approach is a successful one. Um, focusing on livable cities, integrating uh, climate action with air quality action with livable city, with greening cities, is really a successful approach, which we also see by uh, the presentations from ICLEA, from ADB, is also a financeable approach. Uh, I think this is an important message. Um, some challenges has been highlighted, uh, including sometimes that the lack of data to to be able to produce bankable projects. Um, political leadership was highlighted as a challenge, and on the other hand, we saw both from from the from Mayor Joy uh, and from Mayor Aria what actually political leadership can do and political will. Uh, can do in moving air quality and climate and livable city agenda forward. Um, with this, I want to thank you, thank the panelists. I will hand over to Dang to see if we have time for one or two questions in the Q&A box. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Bjorne, and to our honorable mayors. We just have a couple of questions for our mayors in the chat box. So the first question is for um, Mayor Joy of Quezon City. So Mayor, um, we are aware that air quality is more often more of a regional issue rather than an individual city's responsibility. And since, uh, of course, air uh, is not confined within the jurisdiction of a city. So I, um, the question is, um, in the work that you do in Quezon City, how do you facilitate collaborations among neighboring cities to finance and solve um, shared air pollution issues? Um, Quezon City is one of um, 17 local government units in what is known as Metro Manila. So I would like to make it clear to the audience that when you talk about Metro Manila, you're actually talking about 17 independent local government units. But we operate as a region because we have something called a, an NCR or National Capital Region Airshed Governing Board. And this is actually um, an aggregation of the environmental department heads in every city. And this is under the umbrella of the Department of Environment and Natural Resources. And they meet on a quarterly basis to discuss issues pertaining to air quality and to make sure that all of our efforts are aligned and synergized despite the fact that we belong to different local government units. With regards to other um, environmental related issues, we have the Metro Manila Development Council or the uh, Metro Manila Council no? headed by the MMDA. And uh, under this particular organization led by uh, Chairman Abalos, we work together towards addressing issues like uh, water quality, um, uh, our waterways, tributaries, disaster, and other uh, issues related to climate justice as well. So we do work uh, as one in the NCR region. Thank you, Mayor. 
And um, also a question for Mayor Bima Arya. We definitely need more city mayors to champion and fund clean air measures. What would be your message to your fellow mayors so they will follow your lead? Right. The, the most important thing in my experience is actually uh, collaborating with what we call as pentahelix. I know that we have a limited capacity in terms of conceptualizing the uh, climate change action and also implementing and campaigning climate change actions. So we need help, we need assistance for uh, stakeholders uh, within the city. We are assisted by the campus. We are also supported by the communities. We are getting uh, assistance from entrepreneurs, from the mass media. So uh, at this point, I'm suggesting uh, my colleague for, from other cities to actually making collaborations and uh, you know, uh, effective cooperations with uh, stakeholders within the city. That will be strengthening our commitment towards the climate change uh, action issue. Thank you, Mayor Bima Arya. And I think that's uh, that's the that's all of the questions um, that we um, that are un, uh, left unanswered for now. So I think Bjarne have has covered the key messages that we got from all our panelists and experts today. So thank you, Bjarne. I think uh, we can close this session by saying that we are very very happy to hear the priorities and the visions of our cities. Um, towards more sustainable um, recovery and putting air quality and climate uh, measures at the core of development planning. And also, I'm happy to hear about the tools and the mechanisms available for cities to utilize in terms of really realizing and operationalizing this issue. So thank you as well to our colleagues from ICLE and um, ABB. So with that, I would just like to thank everyone, um, Bjarne, for moderating this wonderful panel. And also to everyone, to all of our almost 100 participants for today's um, webinar, um, thank you for joining us. And uh, we would like to invite you to access our resources um, that would be shared in a follow-up email after our, our event. So thank you so much.